0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a Survivor Island on the Idols episode recap. The third episode It's done dusted, and that means we are back to recap it and recap it with a format Survivor player. And it is a pleasure. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Eric Reichenbach, two-time contestant from Season 16 and Season 26. Very good friend of the show, and it's been quite some time since I've spoken with Eric. Of course, Billy had him on during a Ghost Island recap last year, but uh, in terms of actually myself having a chat with him this is the first time in quite some time and as always eric is great eric gives great insight into the game some great viewpoints and some very interesting things along the way so without further ado here is our survivor island of the idols episode 3 recap with mr eric reichenbach It's always a pleasure to be able to bring back former players from Survivor to come back and recap current episodes of Survivor and we are doing that once again today to recap the third episode of Survivor Island of the Idols. Joining us on the line, two-time player, Mr. Eric Reichenbach. Eric, welcome back to the Oz Network.
1: Hey, how's it going? Sorry about that beep. We're making a uh,
0: pumpkin pie. Oh wow, I've I've got you on the line at the right time then. It's it's time to share some pie. Yeah. I like this. Is this a, a Thanksgiving yeah. start early, or is it more of a just a Halloween early start? I mean, what's what's the occasion?
1: There doesn't need to be an occasion for pumpkin pie. Like we're just. <laughs> We're just making
0: it. Just, it's just delicious. Just making it. There you go. I like that. Uh, but it's a, it's a pleasure to have you here back on the show, Matt. As I said, um, here to recap Survivor Island of the Idols, and I guess I I generally start off every episode with a generic question. Uh, how, how are you feeling so far about this season? We're three episodes in. Are you are you enjoying it? Are you getting a good feel for it so far?
1: Uh, I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. Um, my wife and I, when we heard about the gimmick, when we heard about kind of the twist of Boston, Robin, Sandra, um, we were not pleased. We were like, mm, this could go really bad. Like this could be really like that. The gimmick can sometimes take over the show and not, you know, bring us these like human interesting moments with new people. So I'm actually really surprised. I actually really like it. And it looks like the, the gimmick with Boston, Robin, Sandra is kind of, playing into the development of the characters themselves. so I'm actually we're actually enjoying it.
0: Do you think with this gimmick that they brought back that Sandra and Rob were the the right people to do this? do you think that's kind of why we're getting maybe it a little bit more uh, I guess as you said more interesting than you thought it would be because it's these two that have come back?
1: I think you know I think no matter who it would be, it would be okay. Um, I think it has to do with the editing. I think it has to do with what you choose to show. Because um, the editing, you could totally go really – you could go really heavy on just showing, you know, develop Boston Rob more, develop Sandra more. And there's, there's been a little bit of development of both of them, but it's focused more on the players and how they've interacted with Boston and Sandra, which is – I think is is good. I think it has to do with the editing more than who they bring back. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to see Philip Shepard, though.
0: <laughs> no. I Like, as an example. Yeah, I don't know many people would – um uh, <laughs> that that yeah. that would like, be like, interesting
1: I, I guess you're right i guess you're right it does there are some people that i would be like no nah, they that person never should have like been chosen to be there like i couldn't i can't imagine coach there like i can't imagine coach i can't imagine like a i would i would absolutely hated if russell hans was somebody <laughs> but i don't think they would choose him anyway but You know, there's some people I think would be, there's such a big ego to them. I don't think it would work.
0: Yeah, they they only have, what, 42 minutes each week to air. So, um, and I I already read a stat, actually, that I think 20% of airtime this season has been dedicated to Rob and Sandra, which, if I'm being completely honest, I thought there would have been more. Like, I know a lot of people saying that's quite a bit of airtime to show to people who aren't playing the game, but... Yeah, this was, I think, right. a worry of mine was that you're going to get like 50% of airtime is going to be on these people. So I think 80% of our new players isn't too bad, considering this is still a sort of returning season of these big-name players.
1: Right, right. That's the thing. It's the balance. Like, if it's too much – if they shove down our throats, spas and Rob Sandra, like if it's like 50-50 – I would be like, this is
0: a terrible season. Yeah, yeah, no, completely agree. And those statues, I mean, every single week I see them on screen, I laugh. Is that have we not gotten over the the silliness of those giant statues on the beach yeah. yet?
1: <laughs> yeah. It, I wanted them to talk. I wanted yeah. the giant statues, like a puppet maneuver, and just like the bottom jaw
0: like, <laughs> yeah. I'm welcome. I, I wish I they had really done that for fans versus favorites. For, uh, you know, as soon as they're introducing all the favorites on your first season, you know, here's giant statues of, here's poverty, here's Eliza. Imagine the Eliza statue. That yeah. would be pretty epic. Yeah, even like effigies, even like a big, like a totem, yep. like a totem of each would be pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd be down for that. But I think it was great they- actually seeing Vince this week go along there because I, to me Vince was genuinely the first person who I think really had a a genuine reaction to seeing this. So I'm not to take away from, you know, when, when Elizabeth and Kelly saw them, but to me it, it was right. more of a case of I think Elizabeth – I wouldn't be surprised if she was whispered off off camera, like, these are two Survivor Legends, act surprise. Yeah. Um, and, yep. you know, Kelly obviously yep. does. But, but Vince obviously very much moved to tears from growing up watching these two. So I'm glad that we seem to genuinely get an actual fan reaction. This is something that I would imagine you or any of the other fans, obviously, on your first season would have really had that reaction at seeing someone like this.
1: Right. Geeked out and, you know, taking it, yeah, for what it is. I, I do, if if it and i'm sure this is the case if production is doing what they've always done there's a printer going on here it's fine. um if production's if production is doing what they've always done with regard to before people are cast on a season they give them tapes of previous seasons to watch mm-hmm. so that they get an idea of like how it works then i'm guessing you know some of the other contestants are not as like they'll have a reaction like oh i recognize boston robins and sandra but only because they maybe watched that season just before they went to location.
0: Yeah. Cause I think particularly with Elizabeth, I'm pretty sure that she had a really random survivor. She looked up to on her bio. Like it was somebody kind of from one of the most recent seasons, which I'm not to take away. I'm sure people have different ways of looking up to different contestants, but it was just one of these really random mm-hmm. ones that you were kind of like, she's only saying that cause she just watched their season. So yeah. Right it was it was sort of a very yeah very, like yeah, yeah exactly I, I mean do you do yeah. you think that the way they do this twist and kind of you know giving them advice i mean this week's it was entertaining to see vince have to sneak in to the vokai tribe and kind of get that fire but was this a lesson i i, I want to know where the lesson was in terms of this uh, i mean right. i don't think that, have they lost the initial plot of what they're actually meant to be doing with this twist
1: Right, like get fire, which there was actually no fire mm-hmm. at the end of it. And I kind of like, it, I can't, it blew my mind that that's what the twist was and there was no fire. Like at the very least, I would have thought production would have given tree mail <laughs> to that tribe and said, you're giving you a can of gas or someone has gifted you like a can of kerosene from <laughs> another, like done some, like they could do something to arrange so there was fire so you have a shot. Um, I'm trying to think. Like where, like, how does that play into any other thing that ever happens in Survivor, like sneaking up on another camp? There's a couple things I can think of. I can think of Tony Vlachos, who, you know, was a sneaky player in regards to his spy shack. And, you know, he would listen in on conversations. Um, I can think of Devin's, Rick Devin's from uh, the previous season. And, you know, he had specifically had to get idols out of trees above people's tribes while everybody was sleeping above the camp. So those instances come to mind, but at the same time, it's like, did Sandra's army crawl really come into play? You know, arguably no, arguably yes. I don't know. It it seemed odd to me, given you know, I would imagine that the the talks on Island of the Idols, like the advantages and the things that they would talk about, wouldn't have to do with something so physical, It would have to do more with you know the mental aspects and the strategic aspects of a, of a game.
0: It. I mean, we are thirty nine seasons in. And was it Guatemala, wasn't it, where they kind of had one tribe visit the other tribe sort of on that boat? And I'm pretty sure um, it might have been
1: yeah. Bubba
0: in an interview a long time ago on Survivor Oz talked about in Vanuatu that he had snuck out of their camp to try and find the other camp, but obviously I don't think any of that was aired from memory. So it's kind of – it's interesting that we've right. got 39 seasons where we've had something like this, and ma- maybe this was just a way of production or somebody has just been so – like, we really want to have a sequence where we've got somebody sneaking into the other camp as part of – of this we want to see this happen right. so that was their excuse to finally use it and then to just lazily say oh this is part of your lesson on island of the idols and Sandra teach them an army crawl
1: right right it seems forced yeah i think that's the general consensus that's how i that's how i read it too i was like and I, and just having played the game twice i'm like this doesn't seem relevant in any real way um and just the the execution of it i thought was terrible with regards to you know there was no fire um and then when he didn't bring back fire i honestly thought they were going to say no like you don't get an idol because you brought you didn't bring back fire like sometimes maybe that that in my opinion would have been a better lesson of you know Random chance says you didn't get a chance to do what you did. Like that's that would be a better lesson, in my opinion, because that happens on Survivor all the time, where people just get screwed.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think it also it was it. Ed- it was interesting with the editing because it really seemed like that was Vince's intuition to, to grab the ashes and kind of go out of his way to bring something back yet there was the sequence yeah. beforehand they'd sort of overdub Boston Rob saying if there's not fire you must come up with something yourself T- to me that was almost like a post-production mm-hmm. trick because then it seemed like Rob and Sandra were surprised that he went and got the ashes so it was almost like the editors were like well we can't give Vince credit we can't make Boston Rob look dumb so let's add this after right. we've edited it
1: right cover it up essentially yeah yeah which, which... i just it just the whole, the whole thing was bungled i felt like the whole thing was bungled
0: yeah yeah it was it was very it was it was interesting but i mean that obviously leads us to to vince having the idol now we've still got these um early idols where they're only good for two tribal councils um i mean first question with <laughs> that do, do you like that they do this early on that it's kind of only good for the first couple of tribals
1: no no, and I don't, I don't like it because it, it's, for me, it's transparent. It's, they did it like this to put pressure on people to use them quickly. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you play a smart game, you're holding onto an idol for a long amount of time. Like you have your, you know, your game going and then whenever you feel nervous, you, you just use your idol. They're trying, to me, it's like we're, we're looking, we're trying to force mistakes. Yeah. So in my my opinion, it makes it a lot tougher, and it also makes it a lot less. Um, it, it tries to quicken the pace of it, which I'm not a fan of.
0: Yeah,
1: I guess I'm just not. A fan. It's more a personal. Thing. Some people might like it though. I don't know.
0: Uh, no, I agree. I it it makes it. I don't know if the risk sometimes is worth it. I mean, it's kind of early on. It's almost worth it because, particularly, I guess, if you're supposedly in a strong alliance early on and you've got that many numbers, it's kind of, well, what's, a, what's the danger of losing my vote? I think kind of that might have been a case with um, Elizabeth early on, but... Yeah, it's, 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 it's an interest. Like, if you were playing for an idol that lasted you the whole game, I think there's a lot more risk to it, isn't there? And maybe even taking your vote away for a couple of tribals. I'm not too sure because that, that's the biggest, the biggest thing that baffled me with Vince not playing the idol this week is because it's, it's all well and good to sit down and say, Oh, you're dumb for not playing your idol. I mean, it it happens all the time in Survivor, but this is legitimately an idol that's only going to last for two tribal councils. Like, what, what is the grand risk? of not of not playing it like it's kind of you would think that it was a no-brainer if you hear any whisper of your name for an idol that is only good for two tribals so that's that to me is where i have to ask the biggest question about vince like why wouldn't you play the idol at this stage
1: right that's that's an interesting point you bring up too because if you have an idol that does have an expiration that's much shorter it makes it actually, um, in a way, reduces the power of idols mm. because they do seem more, you know, transitional. Like get one, use one. Get one, use one. As opposed to an idol used to be a huge deal, you know, three or four seasons ago, even even that short ago. And now that they're so overused, it's almost like I, I feel like if I got an idol, I would use it that night. I just tell everybody, like, look, I have an idol. I'm going to use it tonight, no matter what. You know, I. I'm I'm weird though because I'm whenever I see an idol or if I, there's an opportunity for an idol, I'll just give it away. Like I don't, <laughs> like I don't, and that's not even a joke about what happened to me. But like if I ever was on again and there were idols, I wouldn't want one. I think they just put a target on you unnecessarily. I would just be like, I, I'm gonna make a mistake with it probably most likely, so I'll just give
0: it away. I just think people hear those so words from your mouth, Eric, and they just automatically are like, "Yep, that's that's standard Eric Reichenbach play." Yep, we we see how that. Yeah. There yeah. was, but I mean, it's yeah. it really. I mean, even the point now where we legitimately have on screen now next to their names how many idols they have. I mean, this is just like a sports right. statistic sheet. Um, and <laughs> it's yeah. yeah, it's just such an odd concept because y- you do lose track now of who has them, and so you can understand why they do have it. But you're right; it's kind of it, it does really get to a point now where you you have someone play one and it's kind of like they just don't really care. It's just like, oh, sorry, right. I'm going to find one tomorrow. I mean, I don't know if you sort of watch much yeah. of the Australian version. That just seems to be standard play. Someone plays it and the next day they're going to find another one again. It's just, it's just that simple.
1: Right, right. And I, and I don't know how I feel about that because you know, it, and this kind of happened on Kara on and I noticed this really prominently where it was like um, a couple guys, Reynolds, Eddie, Malcolm, where Their game, as soon as they played an idol, it put pressure on them to now they continually have to find an idol. So literally their game was play an idol, go look the next day and find the next one. And then you're still on the bottom, so you have to use it again. It's like this endless chain of find idol, play idol, find idol, play idol. Which is is that exciting gameplay? I mean, in my opinion, it's not. It would be more interesting if everybody was more evenly matched and it wasn't like, you are the scapegoat. If you don't have an IO, you'll go home no matter what. So that's all they do. They don't try to find cracks. They don't find try, try to like make a new alliance or shuffle things up.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's also... Because we've talked a lot about this recently, about how you've got this new breed of fans watching this show now who are kind of grown up enough on it where this is the version of the game that they're used to. They're used to seeing... Right. So many advantages, so many idols. So this is what they're used to. And you've kind of really got a divide now between, I guess, people like us who were there from the beginning. We saw this show when idols weren't a thing. It was the social aspect so much more. So the, the living conditions, everything like that. So it's interesting with right. that fan divide and talking to some fans now who will say, no, this is the way it should be played. Back in those days, it was boring and this is different. Like it's, it's weird that we live in this right. divide now of survivor where it's, this is the, the level of play we're at now.
1: Yeah, it has ev- it has evolved. I do think it has evolved. And that's a combination of like you're saying, the younger the younger groups seeing more recent seasons and also more recent seasons have just had more advantages. Yeah. So it's all, it, I really do think it is. It's kind of like old, old school, middle school, which is me. I'm kind of in that middle area just because of when I ended up coming into it. And then the new school, which I'm completely intimidated by, you know the Adam Adam Kleins and the Jays and the you know, these Game Bot young kids that grew up watching the show like later later on. So
0: Which do you think with the Robin Sandra advice then, because they're kind of I mean they're both originally from old school. They've played in yeah. that middle school Sandra, of course, has played more in a modern season do do you think then that their advice is relevant to the way that this game is is played today?
1: It's super arguable. I really would go out on a limit i i would say I would say that the survival advice is accurate. I would say the some of the social dynamic advice is accurate um you know, the, the game has evolved so much. I just don't, I just don't really know. I'm super curious for that reason to see how both Sandra and Rob do on 40. Yeah. For that same reason. Um, not to go too far ahead of everything, but, um, it's totally different. It's totally different. I've talked to old school players and like they're so confused now, like looking at, like they say stuff that's so out of touch, like, like, oh, don't worry about idols, and I'm like, what? You have to worry about idols. Like, that's so out of touch, and that's somebody that would be talking to somebody from like season five or six.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I can even imagine the ten season spread between when you played. There was a, still a significant shift between sixteen oh, yeah. and twenty six. So, I mean, it, it's not like this hasn't happened in the past before.
1: Yeah, I to- totally night and day. You know, sixteen and twenty six. Very different players, you know, seen in that time period. Yeah,
0: so it's yeah. I mean, next season, obviously, very everyone's excited for it. it's going to be a huge. Um, you know, interest in just how a lot of these, you know, people like Ethan playing up against a Ben and sort of things like that. It's just it's going to be fascinating right. to to see how um, right. all that plays out. It's it's also interesting on Laro too. Kind of it the the edit was a very interesting one this episode because. I watching it didn't really think Tom was gonna go home at any point because it just seemed unless they were pulling a massive viewer blindside, it just seemed very random last minute that his name got thrown into the hat and then boom, it sort of came down to sort of him, perhaps Karishma, and then Vince. But I don't know, like, is we do well, see this sometimes in in Survivor that they will pull a big viewer blindside on us. But did you ever feel that Tom was actually in danger of going home this episode?
1: I thought it was, I thought for sure it was Krishna and I thought it was Vince, those two. Tom, really, like what you were saying, like because of the editing and how I've been able to, like over the years you read the editing, it didn't make sense for him to go. Um It sounded like maybe foreshadowing down the road, like maybe he's next or next next to go. Um But the character development this whole episode was Krishna and Vince so I was like one of those Two has to go based on what They've been showing us
0: yeah no Absolutely agree and Krishna's a very Interesting one this episode because Yeah, uh, yeah. What's, what's your take on I guess let's let's Talk about Krishna in general first we won't necessarily Always just talk about the edit uh, around Kind of how they portrayed it but I mean How, how are you right. feeling about Krishna Currently her position now and, and What this Vince vote out means for her Moving forward uh, You know
1: halfway through the episode when she had her breakdown where she got, she was injured and nobody came to like talk to her or help her. That kind of was, that was like one of the most interesting moments of this episode I felt. Um, And I think for a number of reasons, like the first reason being nobody came to like help her or check on her. And that's how she, that's what she expressed. And literally every tribe I've been on, well, the, the two or the three or the five, you know, based on swaps, Tribe that I've been on, somebody has cared about somebody else, and so that's really interesting that nobody seemed to care for whatever reason. But at the same time, it's a two-way street. Like maybe Krishna is not making connections with other people. Maybe she is not making those connections. Maybe she's more reserved because um, she spoke about you know being she. I think she spoke a little bit about being an Indian woman playing survivor and how you're supposed to be you know tempered and not all out there like how she was saying in the water because i all the girls were playing in the water or whatever um but that was a very interesting window into both her and the tribe dynamic so she's kind of like socially there's something going on there there's some kind of there's some kind of disconnect
0: i don't think i've ever quite seen something portrayed that way and it kind of it yeah it was i was either thinking that there's got to be more to this that when they're seeing or not seeing why they're treating it like this or Was it just the edit? Are they trying to edit her in this way of, oh, you know, let's feel sorry for her, but realistically people actually did come and check on her. I mean, I, I read Jeff Prope saying in an interview afterwards that it, it wasn't as bad as like, in terms of her injury, it really wasn't okay. that bad. They just legitimately sort of left it and then eventually sent somebody in there to bandage it up. But then um, oh, okay. that's kind of what I saw there, but I haven't seen anybody else, you know, any of the other tribe members on Twitter or anything. say like, Hey, that's bullshit. Like we came and checked on her. So I don't know. I, I, I was sort of wondering maybe if there was a bit of an edit around that, what they were trying to show with that.
1: Yeah, maybe. Um, But to go back to your question about, you know, what happens with her now that Vince is gone, um, it sounds like those girls are solid. Mm -hmm. Like, even though, you know, she's not, you know, she may not fit in socially with the group, it sounds like they're all solid.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, realistically where it comes down to now, isn't it, with this? I mean, we're seeing a lot of... I think on both the tribes, sort of a, a strong female alliance on kind of both. So it's it's seeming like this this could be, I mean, maybe very similar to Micronesia, where sort of we, we've got a lot a very strong female alliance. And I know Jeff was very um, open in selling this season around strong female characters. So um, I mean, we're over okay. we're overdue for a female winning. Uh, it's been what four or five seasons now since we've had one. So uh, I think we've we've got some good um, foundations here potentially for uh, for our female winner for the first time since Game Changers.
1: Yeah, it's not a bad way. It makes sense. I mean, I don't know why more have not succeeded, Mm. you know, in the past. I just don't know why, because it just makes sense to have that, to everybody have their back, especially when you have really physical guys and challenges.
0: How would you handle coming back from Island of the Idols? We didn't see Vince, uh, describe what happened this week. Again, in his, one of his exit interviews, I did read that he kind of told a similar story to Elizabeth that, you know, there was uh, certain things he had to do and he didn't miss it and he lost his vote. So that's kind of what I saw he said. But would you, would you go on that same path? Would you kind of just say it's come up with a bit of a lie similar to, say, like a Ghost Island challenge? Or do, do you think it works that sometimes, eventually somebody might have to tell the truth of what's going on over there?
1: I just, I've never be transparent as much as you can. Like don't, if you can, if you can afford to not lie, don't lie. Um, and I think that's because trust is currency. Um, also people will not see you as a threat. Like I, I'm really worried about, I'm trying to remember her name now. I think it's Kelly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, the other tribe who she already went to Island of the idols and she already told her lie. And it's about to be basically come out. What really happened there? Um, so I think it's just a terrible idea because immediately, you know, if I saw that immediately, I'd be like, Oh, Kelly's full of crap. She totally lied to us about this. Like I totally would, I would take her down a peg and I would say she, she lied. So her trustworthiness has gone down. Um, and I'm actually surprised this episode that they didn't even cover, you know, Vince coming back and explaining what happened on the island of the idols like we never got to see that that would have been interesting to see
0: yeah and that i mean that was in one of his interviews too i think the person asked him oh, was. yeah well he kind of mentioned that but then they asked him if him and elizabeth had a word together and they did so i mean yeah it's interesting you don't see that because you know yeah. the more people go and one thing i do definitely like about the way they do the island of the idols is the randomness of of putting people out there Uh, rather than choosing um, because it does kind of open it up a little bit. But at the same time as well, you could argue, well, Vince had a target put in his back this week purely for no fault of his own. He just, he was randomly selected off. He went and then boom, straight away, they're talking about voting him out. But yeah, it's, it's surprising not to see that scene between Vince and Elizabeth to discuss like, Oh my God, did you see Robin Sandra? How great was that?
1: Right. I mean, I'm assuming nothing happened. I'm assuming that's why they didn't show it.
0: Yeah, nothing nothing of, of super importance, really, to kind of have that. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of moving forward then to see how they're next week, because obviously Vakai will have someone sent there next week. And, and we were discussing this last week with Billy. It's kind of, it's not really been said whether you can go back multiple times. I mean, I'm assuming if Kelly's name got pulled out, she can just go back. I mean, we see that on other island seasons. You can go back as many times as you like. So I'm just assuming that's how it right. plays in this season too. Right. I think that's fair. I think it's a good assumption. Keep going there. It's did. Were you surprised on Vakai that with the after Molly's vote out, um, there didn't seem to be too much... Um, I guess. Fallout? Yeah, like, uh, I mean, there was a bit, but we kind of, it wasn't as that bad. I mean, Jamal sort of was like, I forgive, but I don't forget. Um, sort of, he said his piece. Yeah. Jack was sort of like, yeah, cool, whatever. Um, I mean, do you think yeah. there's something simmering under there that we're not seeing, or do you think it's really they're just going to move on now?
1: It, I, I think it might be the fact that it's been three days, however many days. You know, they've only known her for six days. Yeah, three, three, four, five, six days, so... I think that might be it. I mean, I I had a really tight alliance with Joel um, on Micronesia early on. And after maybe like, I think 10 days, he was gone. And it was bad, but it wasn't like, oh, I want to get revenge. But at the same time, I guess I'm not that kind of person. But, you know, maybe I think it was just too early. Like it was too, like they had maybe some kind of alliance and then it was gone. And so it was like, oh, that's not going to work
0: move forward and it's it's interesting too with nora because you keep getting you keep getting this edit with nora kind of this annoying nora but then like the the lines that people drop of we can vote her out anytime it's okay now as a somebody who's never played the game eric i always have to go like how is that like i don't fully believe that to be the case As somebody's played twice how do you hear comments like that that you can vote someone out at any time it's okay
1: well, okay, so that's dangerous to say because of a couple of reasons. Um, the first one being, if you say that publicly, there's someone else who is a strategic mastermind who hears that and says, oh, I can then use the assumption of this person's going out to manipulate and figure out somebody else I really want to go out. Like, they keep saying, they keep lowering her threat level. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's what that does when you say we can vote that person out any time. And that makes it, like, an obvious, this person can be voted out at any point in time. They're not a threat. So who should we really be paying attention to? And then they start, you know, this paranoia kind of sets in of look at that person, look at that person, look at that person. And then this person floats to the end. Like, this person becomes Sherry at the final, you know, final three. This person becomes, you know, whoever it is that ends up making it to the finals because, they never were a threat. We can vote them out any time.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 really interesting that, that this just seems to be the play. And how do you, I mean, how do you deal with someone like Nora that is that annoying? Do, do you want to take her on board then as a as a goat? Be like, cool, people are pissed off with this person. She can work well for me. Or just get her the hell out of the game because of exactly what you were just it, saying. It's...
1: It's like two, it's, it's both of those things. It's literally how much do you want to put up with. Mm-hmm. Like That's like the main thing. Because it could totally go either way. It could go, um, this person's a goat, they need to go all the way to the end. I think that's like a Sherry situation from Karamoan or like a Philip Shepard situation from, from Redemption Island. Um, but if you really can't, if they're totally hurting morale and like destroying morale so much that it's like a cancer, then, you know, people are just going to group together and vote them out. It, it's kind of this weird thing about like and you see this in you see this in um seasons without returning players with returning players somebody like Philip Shepard or Nora will go deep because everybody will see this person's like terrible to be around or rubs everybody the wrong way we're gonna keep them around because they're focusing on strategy and they played the game before any season with newbies like a lot of the time it hits like this this breaking point of they are so annoying. We are making a vote not strategically, but based on emotions.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's that old school mentality. I feel a lot of the way too. When you know, as we were yep. talking about before, pre sort of all these advantages, a lot of that came down to this guy's just a pain in the ass. This woman's just a pain in the ass. We we can't live with them anymore.
1: Right, right. Which yeah, it, that's that social it's totally dynamic
0: that is just you know what this game is built on.
1: It's like it's like the new school. I think ignores that and they're like i don't care like i'm gonna have annoying they just assume like some people are going to be annoying and they're like this is business like they go into this with like this business mindset and you actually see this in a lot of the um college survivor um seasons too if you've ever seen any of the youtube seasons of like um i think there's a survivor university in michigan that happens in ann arbor where i live um and there's i think there's a carolina there's one in um Charleston. I think there's a Charleston one. There's a couple different universities that they have survivor games with college students and they have this mentality of like, this is business. Like we're going to like this game. This, this is a game. We're playing a game. Like it doesn't matter their personality. So they kind of separate that. Whereas the old school was, you know, classic reality TV, like, I hate you, you piece of crap. You know what they get into stuff.
0: Yep. Yep. And I have to, I have to bring up with the word business. It just brings back memories of the great man himself, Mr. Brian Hardick. You know, it's, it's a business trip. That's why he's there. Got to, got to pay a yep. chance to bring him up in any uh, episode. Uh, do, you, do you like Nora? Like as, as somebody watching this, Erica, uh, what's your take on Nora?
1: She's, in, she's interesting. She kind of reminds me of Tracy from Micronesia um, because she's just very opinionated. She knows who she is. Um, she's different. Which is which is a good thing in her mind so I actually like i I don't mind her I mean it, it's different when you're like sharing an island with somebody and like you're hungry all the time like it's very different being there than you know seeing them on TV but no I think she's all right
0: uh, a couple other people I just want to single out as well uh, I send a single them out every single week because I think he's getting a, a pretty under the radar at it and it's, it's enough to keep people interested in him. Tommy on Vakai, I mean, he seems to sort of always be in the... The teacher. Yeah, the conversation. I mean, kind of what, what's your viewpoint on how on how he's positioned in the game right now?
1: He, he kind of reminds me of like a Stephen Fischbach.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like kind of the quiet in the background guy that you should really be watching out for. Like he seems pretty sharp in terms of his... Um, in terms of what he's been... Saying and what he's been doing, um, and he's keeping a low profile, which is good. Um, I think he's kind of. I think he's going to be a late game player, um, possibly in the finals, but we'll see. I mean, as long as there's no, as long as there's no random mistake like what happened with like Vince, like he randomly gets thrown into a situation that screws you over. I think he'll do well.
0: And a similar thing on Laro Chelsea. I mean, we know she's got an idol. Um, she's obviously in this female alliance. She's getting enough uh, airtime, I think, at the moment to warrant a bit of interest. Do you kind of see her in a similar position or something a bit different?
1: I mean, you never really know. I mean, the fact that she has an idol, she has to play it. So, or, or no, she found she's one of got the, the she's like got the offer. proper
0: full idol that was just at a was it the water or something like that last week? Right,
1: right. I mean. Anything can happen at a swap. So the the question for her that I have is, will she be able to adapt when there's a swap? Mm. Um, And that'll really really put a trajectory for her because that'll, you know, right now she seems really, you know, uh, what's the word, stable where she is with her alliances. But, you know, it could get shuffled and then we'll see really, like, can you juggle two alliances? Can you juggle, like, players especially like that who like to have, like, a this is my strategy when it gets shuffled, because it always does, my question is, can they, you know, bounce back?
0: And that's another thing to actually reading in Vince's final uh, exit interview, one of the ones he did, he was talking about uh, sort of he'd always built an alliance with the girls and that a lot of the discussion around Tom came down to the fact that they think there's going to be a swap in the next, you know, one or two votes. So kind of they were thinking that yep. taking him out now would be better down the long term when he might be able to sort of work his way into other places. So, um, I mean, right. that's, that and that just goes back so. into that thing that we were talking about before about sort of new school, old school, whereas swaps just a common thread now. I mean, they really have been since Africa, if we're being honest, but it's still a case of... Right. You might get two before a merge. I mean, it was Gabon, wasn't it? Didn't we have about forty-eight mer- uh, swaps before the merge in Gabon or something like that? <laughs> yeah, it's craziness.
1: Yeah, right. You have to. And it, I, I remember when I was in Carimbo, and people predicted that they were just like everybody was like, "We're going to swap," and I'm like, "How do you know?" <laughs> and I feel like this old, like this old school player, even though I'm still like a young guy in terms of the other cast. And these people around me are like, oh yeah, we're going to swap tomorrow. Or they're like, oh yeah, we know it's going to be the merge tomorrow. Like they know they predicted all this stuff because they've, you know, we have Cochran or somebody who, who you know, encyclopedic memory has memorized everything that can happen.
0: So, which feeds into the twist side of things. I, I have always been an advocate to have a twist. Borneo rules, just no, no swap. Everyone expects a swap now, and just all of a sudden, just throw it over right. their eyes and just wait a minute. There's no swap happening. I mean, they try that in token chains in to an extent but i mean in those old school seasons they legitimately knew they were merging at 10 like wasn't it like day 20 they they knew the specific day like it was down to an art form whereas yeah nowadays they're so used to a swap like pull the pull the wool over their eyes all of a sudden just be like no nah, no swap no idols nothing you're born rules people
1: right back to i think i think there's even like online orgs that people are doing called back to basics mm-hmm where they do have like basic seasons. And a lot of that also has come because they're watching Australian survivor and they're seeing how simple it can be and also still be a really great show. Um, I would love if 41 the season after, you know, this big one would be a back to basic seasons cause it would throw everybody for a loop. Absolutely. That would be really awesome. To, that would be really awesome and refreshing to see, like call it, you know, brand it, whatever you want, call it survivor reborn yep. or something. Um, But that would be really cool and refreshing to see. I think the worry by production is it won't be entertaining. And the thought is that looking at like Borneo today, it's not as entertaining as say, I don't know, any of the ones with the crazy twists that have been recently.
0: Which, yeah, and that that feeds into sort of those different fan bases growing up differently now and it's... Because I've actually, at the moment of recording this, I've gone back and I'm watching the original Australian Survivor. I'm talking 2002 Australian Survivor. And a lot of people just just dismiss that season as crap. But as somebody who's been watching Survivor from the very beginning, uh, and I appreciate the old school way of editing and the old school way of showing it and still find entertainment in it, I can definitely see (laughs) why newer fans would not find it as entertaining as today. But I also and I'm sure you're the same too, Eric, having, having watched this show from the beginning too, it's like you appreciate where it came from enough to be able to find entertainment in those seasons compared to today. Like to me, it's like, you don't necessarily always need the super flashy twists and everything to appreciate that this, for what this show actually is.
1: Right. Like, like there, and I don't know if, and there's a whole argument to be made of like, oh, maybe we're just old. Maybe we're just too old and we're, we're talking we're talking about a show like the good old days of Survivor, and like we should get back to that, but there's somewhere there's you know some production vP who's looking at all the you know they're looking at the stats and everything and they're like we have to compete with the mass singer, which the mass singer is a big show here now, yeah, and all these other shows that are like you know tweetable or shareable or you know, trying to get those likes and those mo- those viral moments and things. And, like, they look at Borneo and they're like, there were no viral moments in Borneo. Like, we never could have got, you know. So maybe that's the case. But, you know, I, I, I think Australian Survivor is a... is the... That, that to me, is evidence that the bare-bones model will work.
0: Yeah. It's... For you Look, it's... It, that's an... Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Australian Survivor... The way it's run, look, a whole other debate there. I definitely have my issues with the way Australian Survivor is is portrayed and don't necessarily hold it as high as I know a lot of you guys do in America compared to sort of the US version. But, yeah, it's that's a very good point you make, actually, though, with kind of this social media side of reality TV now. Because that's, you would argue, how most of it's run today. I mean, yeah, you could throw the argument... Borneo had 80 million viewers or whatever it was in the finale, but different time. We didn't have social media in 2000, so it would be a completely different platform. We didn't have catch-up TV. We didn't have any of these services, so that's why you're going to have such a high number of uh, viewers at the end. Um, So... Yeah, but I I think it would be great. A Back to the Basics season would be fantastic. Uh, And look, at the end of the day, if it didn't work, it failed miserably. We got another begong, people hated it, move on. I mean, Edge of Extinction, to most Survivor fans, didn't work. Redemption Island, to most Survivor fans, didn't work. They just moved on, they tried it, and boom, they keep going.
1: I I just would love to see, like, a new school, like, a handful of these young kid, new school players, play a barebone season. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, I think their heads would explode from boredom.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I look, I, I, think I think you're right. I think you're right, because they would all, every day, like, let's search for idols, and that's where the majority of the editing would be. It's like, I've been digging for, you know, three days straight, and I haven't found a single idol. And, and don't tell them. Yeah. Don't, don't, kind of do it like a Thailand, where they just, you know, assume it's a merge, but it's not really a merge. And all of a sudden, they get to, like, the merge right. on day 10, and they're all complaining to props, and Propes is like, oh, didn't you know, this is just, you know, Borneo rules, people. <laughs> like, get on right. with it. <laughs>
1: A lot, of, a lot of people spin out, and I, it, there's actually been some really good spin-outs of people who, like, over-strategize too early. Mm-hmm. And then they, like, like, everybody's looking at them like, you're playing too hard, it's day three. Like, th- that happens. That's a really fun and interesting, like, arc to see of a player just as much, in my opinion, as somebody who bungles, like, how to use an idol.
0: Exactly, exactly. And, yeah, I think kind of it just, it would make for... For fascinating viewing. I mean there's this it's it's what's great, Eric, is at the end of the day we're we're set to celebrate twenty years next year, fortieth season, great celebration. But then we can still sit here and talk about potential ideas moving forward. Like it seems like this show is gonna still be moving forward. Uh we've got plenty of ideas. I'm a huge advocate for a Canada versus USA season now that you've got Canadians, I think that should be a, a shoe-in for a season. We've got back to the yep. basics. We've got so many other mm-hmm. options moving forward. So A healthy state of this show that we love uh, 20 years later, it's a good thing.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. I was shocked because when I applied for Micronesia, there was all kinds of rampant fear because there was a strike at the time in Hollywood. There was like a writer's strike Mm -hmm. going on at the time. And people were saying, you know, Survivor's going to go off the air after 16. They're doing a weird twist to try and make it work. And, you know, here we are. It's about to be 40. Yeah. Like crazy. Just crazy,
0: absolutely crazy. I mean, God, we've spent more than half of our lives watching this show now. (laughs) Like, it's just did you ever think that when you first saw uh uh, Borneo all those years ago?
1: (laughs) It was, it's, it's really weird. The concept though is just so strong, and that's the thing I think that people keep coming back to is that it's this it's a game, but it's also more than a game Mm -hmm. at the same time. Like, that's the thing that's really interesting about it. And it, there's no wonder that there's a, now, like, a younger generation that's hooked.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and one thing, though, that I think I've noticed as well is that, particularly in these finales, like, there's a lot of that targeting towards the younger, like, the, the real younger. Like, we're talking children here because we've always now got those kids sort of, you know, Jeff will get one of them to reveal like who do you think the winner is and kind of Jeff's always saying <laughs> yeah. like oh mums and dads thanks for letting your kids stay, show, stay up and like I mean that right. to me kind of almost started someone like an Aussie and then Malcolm wasn't it because even in those finales they really saw that these younger kids were loving Aussies and Malcolm so I think that's a, a new audience that they really they target towards because Survivor's always been that family friendly show that any age right. can, can really watch right
1: Right, and it's funny you bring this up because on um, Survivor Sucks forum mm-hmm. a long time ago, I read a thread where somebody was like, "How dare they show you know nudity or some something had happened that was like inappropriate," and they said it was a family show, and there was this whole argument on there about Survivor is not a family show, and people were arguing, you know, it is a family show, it isn't, and it just it is. Like I don't, I read that whole argument, and I'm like, whoever thinks this is not a family show where you learn lessons is an idiot. Like this is about playing a game, but also people are bad sports or people lie or like all the other dynamics that happen outside of a game. Like it's not just win and lose, you know, you could lose and be the greatest person ever and still, you know, there's more to life than that. Like, I totally think it's a family show.
0: And you think about those earlier days, about the, the big controversial moments. I mean, you look at Thailand with the whole Gandia and Ted situation. The reason why a lot of that was looked down hmm. upon was because, again, this is a family show. We shouldn't be seeing this. You think All-Stars, when people sort of, the the vitriol that came with the way Rob was playing the game. I mean, you watch All-Stars now. That, she's like, wow, that's just how the game is played. So it's kind of, it's, right. yeah, absolutely agree with you. I think it's kind of like that Star Wars debate in many ways. isn't it? Star Wars is made for kids. No, it's not. Um, so, yeah, you know it's, it's on that same page but I don't think this show would have lasted 20 years if it, it didn't have that staple sort of family entertainment feel to it
1: right right and I mean it's like looking at those old seasons in like the Trump era like seeing what happens on a daily basis like it's so tame yeah like it is so tame what happened back in those other seasons and it's like that Gandhia, the Gandhi situation was that season, I think that was season four. I think it was Marquesas or is that Thailand? Uh, that
0: was Thailand. Yeah, uh, season five. Yep.
1: Thailand, it was Thailand. So that season, you can see a dramatic decline in viewership around that time period between those couple seasons, like four, five, six. And a lot of it was attributed to that, which I don't think is, I think Brian Heideck winning his season and like. Some of that Gandhi stuff, like to at the decline of Survivor in that time period, because the second season was insane. Like, the second season ratings are like off the charts, which in terms of popularity.
0: It's, it's And it's actually really fascinating. I think we talked about this recently as well. Um, Mitchell Olsen on his yeah. Facebook page has, I think, dug up a whole bunch of old tapes that he recorded back in the day of sort of all the hype around it and just some of the clips he shows. Like, you know, number one story on entertainment uh tonight, like a Survivor story. And, yeah, I remember. I mean, yeah. that was a season where, like, I'd watched Borneo, but I was absolutely obsessed after Australian Outback. Like, that was just boom. This is a life obsession from this point on. So... Um, yeah. Which, again, feeds into that fandom where I, you know, not to take away from the new fandom, it's great, as we keep saying, it's 20 years, these people are keeping the show alive, but I don't think some of these people who weren't there at that time just don't understand just how how much of a, a game-changer Survivor was for television.
1: Right. Right. It's just, the concept's so strong. That's the thing. Yeah. And I think, I think even, and a lot of people have debated, like, will Jeff Probst stay with it, you know, as a host? Like, people have all these, like, future predictions about it, and it's, like, it keeps making money. There's still a really strong fan base for it. Like, I can't see it going away anytime soon just for those reasons. I mean, the big thing I would love to see is it jump into streaming or jump into, like, maybe they have, like, the college... They they pull in all these college kids to do, like, the college, you know... They stream college seasons of Survivor somewhere or could, like... Jump in on all this! Like, there's such a fan base here that's that's hungry.
0: And that and that and yeah, I agree. I think that would be fantastic. And I also think too the, the strength of somewhere in Australia, where you know we're we're about to see an all star season. We're actually seeing two seasons next year in Australia, kind of showing the strength now that they're putting into that in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. It's and it's it's working. And and I think also Australian Survivor know that it's got a large international following. Um, and I and I'm sure that uh, CBS own the network that airs Australian Survivor even though US survive airs on a different network it's very weird in australia but um it's, yeah. yeah so they're seeing all this i mean the south african one i think still doing fairly Good numbers as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, we're healthy. We're, we've got lots to talk about in the years to come, Eric. My job's safe. <laughs> just, just, just needs to go to the Olympics. It should just yeah. be an Olympic sport. Have a team from each country. Yeah. I'd watch it. I think, yeah, that would be fantastic. Now, before we I'm get into sorry. some listener questions, uh, one thing that we do, actually, before I get into that section, really random question, I've got to ask you this first. Eric, right now, three episodes in, who's your winner's pick? I should ask you this one.
1: Winners pick. Oh Jesus, um, I'm so bad at picking all this stuff. I'm just so bad. You're going to fit I'm in well say, on this
0: show. That's what we do here. We do bad predictions.
1: I'm trying to think if anybody stands out. I'm going to say Jack. Okay, Jack. Yep. I'm going to say Jack. Any any
0: particular reason I or?
1: I mean, I just you know they're talking about strong women. Maybe there will be the strong women's alliance. I could just see Jack, you know, winning challenges on on his path. Now, and also, He's likable, people generally like him.
0: Yep, yeah, no, I see it, I see it. We also ask uh, each week, we, we like to rate the episode. So our, our rating system, I believe when you were on with Billy a couple of seasons ago, he brought this up. So our rating system on the show is, if you love the episode, you buy it. If you thought it was just a medium episode, you rent it. And if you thought this was shit, never want to see it again, you bin <laughs> it, you trash it, you get rid of it. Uh, so, so what are you going to do with this week's episode, Eric?
1: I, I'm between rent and bin.
0: So sort of like that little lawn area
1: and it, and the only reason why is the you know I would have been it would be no sorry it wouldn't be been sorry it would be rent it would be rent because um there were some good moments in it i will I will give it that I just thought that that whole fire challenge was just ridiculous, I thought that was such a mess.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And I, the one thing actually that we didn't bring up is the challenge this week I actually liked. I liked that whole teeter-totter. Yeah. I mean, we call it a seesaw teeter-totter, same bloody difference. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, that was kind of entertaining. And that I like those sort of dangly uh, puzzles and that fish one sort of was unique. So I think the challenge yeah, to me brought it cool. just into a, a bit more. And I'm not one that really pays much attention to the challenges anymore because they kind of get a bit same-same. But um yeah. yeah no i'd agree with you i think yeah No rent I, i'm on the same page with you there i think so yeah that that works now uh we've got some listener questions and as always to everybody who sends these in thank you very much if you want to send your own listener questions in stay tuned to our social media pages we'll announce who we've got in every week and you can send these in as well uh long-term listener long-term friend of the show chris dixon uh he says yay of all of the survivors eric is my absolute favorite I hope you are doing well. Um, And he has a question that says, this was written prior to episode three. Uh, I feel like you in Micronesia and Jack, there you go, your winner's pick, are fairly similar as a guy who really just wants to be out there and is loving being on Survivor and a super super likable young guy. Do you see any similarities between yourself and Jack at all?
1: Yep, totally. Totally do. And I think he hit the nail on the head with that, you know, he's excited to be out there and that's how I was my first season. So Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely there's a, there's a little bit of the same kind of thing going on with me and Jack, I'd say.
0: Good question, Chris. Um, Holly asks, is Nora the new Debbie? (laughs) I mean, maybe It, it, she might, the question
1: too is, will she take it to the next level? Like, will Nora bring up her craziness to the next level? Like, will it increase in insanity, because that's the question. She could be the next Debbie, but um, I don't know. We'll see.
0: Mm. Maybe I wanted to have like five hundred different jobs and then put it up on the screen every <laughs> single time she has that. Uh, Karina asks no questions. Actually, she doesn't ask anything. No questions. Just that you made Micronesia so fun, even with how you went out. Better to be remembered than be purple. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Sad
1: but true. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had fun.
0: That's actually funny enough with Mallory. That's when I said you were coming on the show. It's like, oh, I know Eric, he's he's the one who gave up his immunity. And I'm like, yep, that's the one. <laughs> it's it's
1: weird too because some some will they don't know who I am and then they'll like I'll tell them what happened and they'll be like, "Oh my god, I totally remember." Like they remember that moment, mm-hmm. which is it's incredible how like strong that is in t- in terms of people's memory.
0: Which is, I always find it fascinating to get you know people like yourself on obviously we had billy on last week um you know people who yeah. i mean obviously you went a lot further than billy but you are still remembered for these infamous moments in survivor and i think that I, I completely agree with that that kind of it's better to be remembered than be purple but the argument there karina i would say is that the whole notion of that purple person it came because of purple kelly and purple kelly's remembered purely because now she's purple kelly right
1: <laughs> so. right it's it's so weird it's just weird how some people just they disappear yeah just disappear off the show and it's like why like maybe they maybe there were moments in there that were similar to mine i don't know well ne- we'll never really know
0: yep uh katie silas asked a question and this is a question i believe we've asked before it's a question i'm sure you've been asked thirty eight thousand times but we'll ask it again because why not if sari won final three immunity and took amanda who gets your vote
1: So, who's in the finals? It would be Sari and Amanda? It would be
0: Sari and Amanda final two. Yeah.
1: Probably Sari. Probably Sari. Yeah. Just because Amanda Amanda basically used me quite a bit in there. It was not fun. But I voted for Amanda at the end over Parvati just because I just didn't have a relationship with Parvati at all. Um, And I did think it was going to be a blowout in favor of Parvati because everybody at Ponderosa was saying, like, you got to vote for Poverty. She's a representative of of good gameplay and all this other crap. Um, and I knew that if there was a tie, Jeff Probst had an envelope that had, you know, what well, what I think we did we just found out at Ghost Island, um, the Ghost Island season, what was in that envelope. It was the the third. No, wait, that's different. That's something different. Um, yeah. There was some kind of there's if if Amanda and Poverty tied with that final vote, Jeff Probst had a magic envelope that said what the tiebreaker was. And I wanted to see what was in the envelope. And everybody kept saying they're voting for Parvati. So I was like, I'm going to vote for Amanda to try and make it force the tie essentially. So we get to see this out of entertainment value. It wasn't necessarily, I wanted Amanda, I didn't want anybody to get the million. I didn't know. I didn't you know. So I I probably would have voted for three just because I, three is awesome. And she was like class act out there. I didn't for whatever reason, when Cerie lies to you, I didn't take it personally. Like I never took it personally. Like she's trying to trick me on purpose. Amanda would get under your emotions and play on your emotions and manipulate in a more personal way, mm-hmm. which hurts more and also comes off more as you don't deserve you don't deserve to win if you're doing that. So I I wouldn't have voted for Amanda if it was that situation. Interesting. I remember.
0: Um... Sorry. That's a lot, sorry. <laughs> I remember one of the very first times we had Eliza on the show, she brought up that notion about how she very nearly voted for Amanda because she wanted to see the tie as well. Um. So, yeah. that would have yeah. been... We used to ask that question to every guest on the show. How, how do you think they should, you know, sort out a tie before uh, if that ever happened? So, yeah, it would have been unique because we, we wouldn't have had that third person to break the deadlock like we did in Ghost Island. So, yeah. Right. I wonder, wonder what that okay. was.
1: That, 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 would uh, it was, be... super... yeah, it's like the lingering thing from that season that I've always been like, what the hell was in that envelope? It probably was just like a, I could have, th- I thought it was fire making. I thought maybe it was going to be fire making at the live finale, like in their, like Parvati and Amanda in their evening gowns <laughs> making fire yeah. in front of a. We'd Studio audience.
0: We'd watch that. Uh, thanks for that question, Katie. Rex asks, how do you feel about the concept of fans versus favorites as someone who's experienced the game on both sides as a fan and a favorite?
1: Um, it's unbelievably unfair. And I say that with the knowledge that you can't... It's uh, So, to put this in perspective, um, on... What was that? I, Edge of Extinction when Rick Devens was voted off and went to the island of, it's called the edge of extinction. He goes to the edge of extinction and he comes back into the game. And all of a sudden he starts playing this crazy over the top game where he's like playing idols and he's making plays and he's super aggressive. I feel like that's an example of like, that was the fast track for a returning player. And I told Rick this too, and he kind of agreed with it when I talked to him about it, where You get this – after you've been voted off once, you get this clarity about what you did wrong that's unmistakable and, like, unable to be recreated. So returning players have such an advantage of they've been voted off or they've been, you know, medevaced out or whatever it is. They have that – they're able to, like, recollect their thoughts and say, okay, this is what I did wrong come back into it, and then play a much more aggressive game because they're more comfortable. So I don't think there's any... I think fans were favourites is incredibly unfair. I think the fans have always been the underdogs no matter what. I don't think they should do that twist again. It's...
0: We did it once where you kind of compare all the seasons with a mixture of returning players versus newbies, and I think last season would be the... Only example where a returning player didn't make it to the end based on that <laughs> twist. So yeah, like you always would have at least one returning player getting there, and, and for the most part, winning. I mean, we saw that on fans, both fans' first favorite seasons. So right. yeah, um, no, I agree with you. I, I've never been a huge fan of the mixture seasons. I, I just I'm generally a all out all stars or an all out newbies season kind of. Mm-hmm. Never. The- I think
1: captains. I think captains are okay like returning players as captains,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just because they're outnumbered.
0: Which, do you think, how would have you gone if you'd been a captain? If you had to come back on a season like Caramoan, and rather than there being nine other returning players mixed with ten other newbies, if it's just, say, you're on a, a South Pacific-style season, you're a captain and, I don't know, Aussie, you replace coach or something like that, how do you think you would have fared on a season like that?
1: I'd be terrified, honestly. Yeah. Terror, especially, with the, especially with the new players that are so savvy because it's just, it's a numbers game. And, you know, any point, I literally would be like, I will offer you guys knowledge to keep me around. I would go to them like, I am not a king of the game. You know, I've been blindsided with, you know, I gave up immunity. Like, I would tell them, like, I am an idiot. I've been an idiot in the past. Like, I'm here to help as much as I can, and I'll stay out of the way <laughs> because... <laughs> I would be terrified of that,
0: Yeah, honestly. Interesting. Thanks, Rex, for that question. Sonny, um, a similar one to kind of the Amanda one, but this is just a different season. If the final three were Cochran, Sherry, and Eddie, how would the votes have gone, and would you have still voted for Cochran?
1: Eddie. It's all Eddie, I think, and I think that's because he's so well-liked. He was just a really awesome guy. You know, EMT, um, firefighter, he generally got along with everybody. He didn't do anybody wrong. Um, and just Eddie. It would have been Eddie. I don't think Cochran's game was super strong in Caramoan. I think he was – he was he played a strategic game, but he was by no means playing like a Malcolm type of game. Um, I don't think he was playing – I think he was kind of on par with Andrea's game in a way where it was strategic enough. Um yeah, and Dawn played a really hard strategic game. Um, she wouldn't be included in this final this final scenario, but Dawn was playing a really, really strong game, but at the same time, she just um, destroyed all her personal relationships. Like, she just leveraged all those personal relationships way too much, so people just didn't like her. Um, I think Eddie for sure would have won. I think a second place would have been Cochran, and a third place would have been Sherry, because Sherry did a lot of strategic things early in Caramallan, but not in the middle. It kind of got overwhelming for her in terms of the survival aspect and the strategy, um, and so she came off as annoying sometimes to a lot of people. Um, yeah, I think that's how it would play out. So it would be Eddie first, Cochran second, Sherry third, and that's that's from what I. That's my opinion. I mean, other people might have others.
0: You know, what's really interesting is that someone like Eddie hasn't come back yet, and I, I believe Karamoan and Guatemala. Uh, if we don't count sort of the last few seasons since we haven't had a returning player season, I think they're the only two seasons that haven't had an original player return. Now I think Karamoan's up there because none of the original fans have, have returned. So there's a. I mean, Matt,
1: Matt, Matt Piscoff would be great. I would love yep. to see him back because he's just a hoot. Um, Michael Snow would be yep. great to see. I agree. Um, I
0: completely agree.
1: Eddie would be great to see. I don't know if Eddie would come back. Um, that's a question really for Eddie. I don't really know. I haven't, I haven't kept in touch with him. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, Was
0: it Reynolds? I, I like Reynolds. I, I I would say Reynolds, Reynolds probably would. You
1: come come, probably come back. He probably would come back, and he would be fine. I think he would be a good person to come back. Um, I just don't know if Sherry would come back either, though, because it doesn't. It, it's it's weird how that is. Like that whole season has been dark
0: mm. since then. Yeah, no, it, it it is. I mean, we, yeah, it's look. It's not my favorite season, but I think we had definitely had some characters yeah. on there that that warrant a return. I think that's with any season. Like, just because you don't like a season, don't like Redemption Island, I don't like Cook Islands, but I'm glad we've got people come back from those seasons. So you right. know, it's kind of right. it, it's how it is. Uh, thanks, Sunny, for that question. Dorothy uh, asks, when was the last time you spoke to Chet and Kathy? Kathy had nothing but nice things to say to you in her AMA a couple of years ago.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think the last time I talked to Chet because he's on a farm, uh I think in Pennsylvania um with his partner. I haven't spoken to Chet in a long time. Um and then Kathy cannot remember, but whenever you know I saw Kathy I think at a charity event in It was in one of the one of the Great Plains states. I cannot remember when, but it was so long ago that I can't it's so long ago I can't even remember it, but Everything was great there in terms of she's the same and she's always been great. So um yeah, Kathy's awesome. Kathy's, Kathy's a great, great person. Like she definitely had a hard time on her season on that season but she's awesome.
0: I agree. I love Kathy. Um Lou says what would your reaction have been if Sandra and Rob had been on your original season coming out amongst the favorites? <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm not a Boston Rob fan. i'm I'm probably in the, I don't know if I'm in the mi- minority or not, but I'm just not a fan of Boston Rob or his gameplay. I think it's aggressive for the sake of being aggressive. Um, and I'm just not that way, not as aggressive. Um, I would have I would have probably agreed to whatever Boston Rob wanted to do, but probably would have found alliances with other people at the same time. Um, and just been like he's a problem that we need to solve. Um, Sandra, I love. Sandra is amazing. I've met her a bunch of different times. Um, I think she comes about. She comes at Survivor from a very different standpoint of as a. She's very human about it and very like down to earth. Um, and I really appreciate that. So I probably would have worked with her. I would work with her in pretty much any circumstance. I think she's awesome.
0: Great answer. Uh, thanks, Lou. Now I'll close it out with our very good friend. Granny Survivor. She's got another little trivia game for us to play, but I'll read out her comments first. She says, Hello, dears. Another great week. Poor Vince. I loved him, and now he went home with an idol. I don't understand why you didn't play it when it could be used for only two tribals. Very happy Eric is back on the podcast. Let's see if he'll do as good from his last attempt at trivia with Billy from Ghost Island. So you must have done all right at this the last time around. You had some trivia, Eric, so no pressure. Um, we have a true or false game with five different questions here. So are you ready for this? I'm going to keep tally of your score. I I, I guess. To make sure that uh, you're on track. So the first one, it's actually a Thailand-based question. In Thailand, Brian's loved one won the gross food eating challenge at the loved one's visit. God. So
1: long ago and so obscure. I'm
0: going to say false. You are correct. It was Helen. I don't think they did. Helen won. Helen's uh, husband won that one from memory. Um, (laughs) On Pearl Island, Dara and Sandra were the players to carry the lit torch for their teams in the very first immunity challenge. Wow, that's obscure. (laughs) I'm going to say false.
1: But, I mean, wait, 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 wait. Whoever carries the torch usually is not in the challenge. Like, they're not part of the, like, solve puzzles, break stuff down. I'm trying to remember. I'm going to say it's true.
0: It is true. Good good change okay, good. of mind there. Well done. Uh, yes, that is true. Number three. James Clamont is the only castaway to wear a red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and purple buff at some point. Wow.
1: Heroes vs. Villains,
0: Micronesia,
1: only one? Oh, God. So now you have to know all Survivors that have ever played. <laughs> I'm guessing that's false because I think Amanda may have a similar path to
0: him. True. So I'm going to say false. They're in the same season. Uh, apparently it's true. So... It's the only one, okay. That's okay. interesting. There you go, all right. Uh, number four, another Thailand question. Jan on Thailand is not the only person to receive exactly one vote at five consecutive tribal councils. So not the only person.
1: I'm going to say that's true that she's not the only one.
0: Um, It's false. Jan <laughs> is the only person to receive exactly one vote at five oh. tribal councils. Wow.
1: There's been so many, I would imagine some, there would be more.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's a very interesting... Granny Survivor, you've got some great stats. The final one. Ozzy has the fourth most days played in Survivor history if his Redemption Island days did not count.
1: Hmm. He's been on a couple of times. Fourth? Fourth place? Yeah. If those days did not count on Redemption Island... Rob, Sandra. No, not Rob. Rob is not in there. Sandra. I'm trying to think. So there's got to be three. There's got to be three above him. Then for that to yeah, be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. These are more math problems, honestly, than <laughs> than trivial. Like that last one. That last one, I was like, or the like the buff with the colors. I'm like, yeah. Okay, so. Says all that together. Um, I'm going to say that is false.
0: It's true. So, (laughs) without Redemption Island, he has played 113 days. Next is Poverty on 114, Rob on 117, and Suri. Yeah, Sari has 121. So, Suri technically has played the most active days inside the game not Aussie but i think yeah i think all the stats i see with that they generally count his redemption island days so they always say that aussies played the most so okay that's that's an interesting yeah. stat actually cuz yeah i mean that kind of feeds into the edge of extinction like you know did um chris how many days did he play like 12 days in the game or something ridiculous like that versus 39 or whatever it is. Uh, great questions, Granny Survivor, as always. And thanks to everyone who sent the listener questions in. Eric, mate, it's a pleasure to have you back here. It's great to always chat about Survivor and everything. I'm sure we'll get you on again. There's plenty to always talk about in the world of Survivor. But just quickly, any any plugs you want to send out? How are how, how the comics going? Is uh, People can still follow sort of your your drawings and your, sort of your artwork online if they want to check out what you're up to?
1: Yeah, comics are good. Um, I'm on Instagram as Dabu Doodle. So Dabu, like the Micronesia Tribe, doodles um and then i have a website www.dabudoodles.com as well um, i'm actually working on a wizard of oz story right Fantastic. now i'm trying my hand at, at writing and it's funny because i just looked up the other day i was looking up wizard of oz people online and then your podcast showed up because <laughs> <laughs> that's the big old o <laughs> on it i was like oh yeah there are two, there's multiple ways to have an oz there's, <laughs> there's different oz in the world
0: I'm glad, I'm glad that we're somehow uh, floating around in, in that space world of uh, the internet that we can uh, show up. But uh, fantastic. Well, we'll link yep. all that on our, uh, on our post with this, but uh, always a pleasure, mate. Thanks for joining us and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of the season moving forward. Cool.
1: Thanks, man.
0: And a massive thank you to Eric once again for his time. Always a pleasure. And thanks to everybody as well who sent in the listener questions. Always a pleasure to receive those listener questions in and give some extra thought process from you, the listener, to our weekly guests. And I would love to also... Uh, remind people that if you do listen to the show each week, we very much appreciate it, but we also would very much appreciate taking a few minutes of your time to jump onto iTunes and leaving us a review. It definitely helps us get the word out there a little bit more about our podcast, and we very much would appreciate you uh, just giving us a rating, leaving some feedback. takes all of a couple of minutes, and once you do that, we are able to get a little bit more out there in terms of our content. So uh, that would be very much appreciated. And of course, if you don't use iTunes, you can can do that on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all the other relevant ones out there. And also you can like us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We're all out there and we always appreciate you following us on those channels so you can get up-to-date content wherever you are on this big planet of ours. Of course, next week we will be back with another Survivor Island of the Idols recap and uh, hoping to have someone return, a legend of Survivor, a three-time player of Survivor and really hoping that this will happen. It's been quite some time since I've had this player on the show... And it will be a massive get for us, and we'll be very excited to have this person on. So stay tuned during the week. As soon as we can confirm that, you will be the first to know. And also outside of Survivor coverage, Third Watch, Lost, It's Happening, Star Wars, Terminator, those movie recaps are happening at the moment as well. And plenty of other things to keep you entertained here on the Oz Network. Your one-stop shop for everything TV and movie. You are always entertained here. On The Oz Network, we've plenty of things still to come for the remainder of the year and moving into 2020, so get excited. Thanks once again, Eric. Thanks once again for you listening. This has been The Oz Network. My name is Ben, and we'll speak to you next time. Good night. Thank you for listening to The Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.